how are you? Great. Tonight on The Long Shot, schools, teachers, donkey lips, AIDS, the school kind, and a bunch of other great things. A very special guest, his name is Joe Wengert, and now your host for tonight's show, Sean Conroy. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and good night. Welcome to The Long Shot. It is a podcast. I am your host, Sean Conroy. With me today on the show, the human Walter White Jr., Mr. Jamie Flynn <laughs> is here. so mean. Do I do an impression of him? That's definitely offensive, but well, pretty How fun. is that offensive? Um, Flynn. I just said Flynn. That's yeah, his name. Jamie Flynn. That's his name on the show. I Jamie know, but Flynn. then I would dive into a, an impression of him. Right. No, nobody wants that. Dad. Is that good? Uh, okay, maybe that's, that's more offensive. I want, I want pancakes. That's a that's a good. He likes impression. breakfast so much. Uh, the human s'more at the end of a long day of hiking. Miss Amber Kenny oh, is here. I love s'mores. So do I. Mm. They're good. Uh, so it's been a week since we got together, as it usually is. Uh, Sometimes it isn't. My first day off in over two months, by the way. Here you are. And you get to hang out I with us. I was so excited to sleep in. And then, of course, we decided to have not only a recording today, but an early recording today. So Sorry. I was up at 930. Uh, but that's sleeping in. It's not sleeping in. I don't go to bed till five. What is sleeping in to you? Noon. Oof. Yeah. That's insane. Well, because that's seven hours of sleep. Right. That's Why were you in. up till five? Because I don't sleep. I don't oh, go to bed. You weren't you know? like raging? <laughs> no, not at all. What time do you have to be at work? Ten. Mm. So I usually get four hours of sleep. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that it's was not also healthy. My, my Sean Conroy impression. <laughs> <laughs> but you get to watch the sunrise uh, daily. No, that's not true. Five. Yeah. Sun doesn't come up till about six thirty or seven. Mm. Eight sometimes. <laughs> Where do we live? Antarctica. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm excited to have a day off. I was talking last a couple of weeks ago, I think, about how I had to make a schedule for this show that I'm working on. Oh, right. You know, so I had we have 10 episodes and they asked me to sit down at the beginning of the whole process and tell them when each episode would be submitted. And right. in order to do that, you have to come up with dates for a bunch of different things. Like right. when is the outline going to be submitted to the producer and when are you going to apply his notes and then when are you going to submit the outline to the network and then when are you going to get notes from the network and apply the network's notes to the outline and then submit the outline to the producer again and then submit the outline to the network again <laughs> and then submit the script to the producer and then submit the script to the network and then apply the network's notes to the script and then submit the script to the producer. Two hours. But it's like all these marks that you have to hit and they wanted me to say what dates I was going to do that for every single episode. I had never done this before. Right. I didn't know how long each of those things was going to take. Anyway, point I'm trying to make is yesterday was October 11th and when I fabricated that schedule out of my head, I said, we'll submit uh, episode 107 outline uh, October 11th to the network. Guess what episode we submitted yesterday to the network? 107, 107 motherfuckers. You're a man of your words. I'm a genius. I'm a genius. <laughs> there's, there's no way around it, you know? Or I'm very lucky. I should play the lotto. 107. Sounds like you need a schedule to make your schedule. Jamie Flam, everybody. Jamie Flam. Uh, <laughs> all right. Checking in. Let's start today with none other than the man in the topsiders, Jamie Flam. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Let's check in. I don't know where to start. That's what I said. I've, uh, the last 24 hours. Rolling? Oh, not really whirlwind, actually. But, like, I got home from work last night and just such a mood. 
I stormed out of there. And when I storm out, it's like my own little storming out because it's not. No one else notices. I yeah. feel like when you're when you storm, it's like it's like somebody would go. Did you just feel a little bit of rain? <laughs> like, is it raining right now? No, there wouldn't even be that. I was just like, I basically just if anyone watched, I kind of walked out. But you're like, oh, James my, seems like he's in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did cordially say hello to a couple of people in my rage. <laughs> in your storming out. I bid you good night. I bid you good night. And you, I bid good night. It was truly a pleasure working with you this evening. <laughs> go rumble, go rumble, go rumble. Um, Why were you in a mood? I, I'm, I've just, I've hit my point of just, I'm, I, as I've hit my point over the last two years, <laughs> several points. times. Speak. Okay, I just hit your point. My point is that I, I I'm kind of just giving up on the hope that everyone will understand my vision and want to make that come to life. At my place of work, which will not be mentioned today. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the her, 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 her. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that last night was just... Um, what? Yeah. What happened? I brought a show. I helped produce a show and, and book a show Van for... Jam? No, it was not Van Jam. Jam Van? No. <laughs> There's a, a... Pedophile Van. No. There was... <laughs> It was a, there's a, a company or a business, a a, a nonprofit, entity. an entity. Thank you, <laughs> Jorge. Let's get, um, let's pull back a little further. There's an entity called Dublab.com, which is oh, a yeah. They've been doing really awesome, innovative uh, music programming online forever. I've been listening for a long time, and so I approached them about let's do a show for you. I'll help you book a lineup, and um, you can raise money for your company. And you can raise money for your company. That was weird, <laughs> and. <laughs> They brought DJs, so it was going to be a whole night, and we'll make it like, you know, people hang out on the bar, and and it, it was actually a success for the most part. You're, like, words aren't matching the tone of yeah, your right. voice. Yeah, get to the good part. <laughs> but in it my mind... It was a success. <laughs> they can raise money, I mean, they're, they're, cause, Dublab, listen to Dublab. <laughs> they're a wonderful entity online. They have DJs in the bar. Uh, at one point... There's I'm going to storm out. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Okay, at one point in the room, there was no... I don't think you guys I love you all. Good night. I'm so angry. I'm balling up my fists. <laughs> Once I'm in the privacy of my own home. So, uh, <laughs> at one point in the show, there was no... <laughs> um, like, door person in the back, so there's like a heckler. Oh. And, um, not a heckler, but just something, you know... Talking too much. A, kind of, of like, engaging the performer. Yeah. To the point where the performer was like... Can somebody do something about this? Yes. And then I'm in the back. Oh, not the right person. And I'm looking around. So I've, I've, this has happened a couple times. <laughs> I'm before. looking around. I thought you were going to say, I'm in the back. So I approach the guy. But you're in the back going, no, I'm not approaching if somebody it. here can do something about this, I'm just the guy who runs this place. I don't run the place. That's my, not my capacity. My capacity is to bring the comedy and, and look at the artistic vision of it all. Oh, shut the fuck up. And the part of the operation, that's true, though. Like, I want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, but can't you just walk over to somebody in your capacity as artistic visionary and say, <laughs> you are not matching my vision right now? I, I suppose I could. Yeah. But then I, then I get resentful <laughs> and I'm in my head. And I'm not very tactful about that. Not that I'm not. I'd probably be too nice. I don't know. I don't know if they'd follow. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what do you want what me do you to want do? Me to do? <laughs> I have an idea for let's say a uh, vision of the an organ an organism you composed of yeah. 
But the long story short was so I wrong I, by the way. What long story short? Right. I but I'm I, I go searching the premises to find like why why is this person not here? <laughs> was, was, it, this suddenly became a detective story. <laughs> I made it a crime scene. I searched the premises. <laughs> we could not find the perpetrator. That was a weird. weird uh, Congressman, I'd like a minute, please, to check my thesaurus for how I'm going to say this. So what happened? You searched the premises for someone the person's on bigger break than you. To say the, the, the long story short <laughs> is that, uh, you know, for most people, it's not a big deal. But, you know, I just had to realize that not, not everyone cares as much right. or gives a shit. And right. I'm not going to convince them to. Yeah. And it's there's a whole staff job. of people. And, like, there was at one point where the door person was just, people would give them their ticket. They would wander into the showroom, like, you know, no tell them where to sit. Right. And then I was like, maybe that person wasn't trained just last night, and they were stuck in there. And I know that the operations, I don't know, but I was just like, I want my own place, right? Like, everyone is on board and excited in the same capacity. And everyone's as passionate as you are. And where I'm not, and then like last night, I was approached by a comic, which, you know, happens constantly. I, I, we spent a yeah. half an Kiss hour the with ring. you, and Kiss it the was ring. crazy. Mm-hmm. They were like bringing you presents. Hello, Godfather. It was yeah. That was, that was a really Thank weird Thank you for day. attending the wedding of my daughter. <laughs> That was a weird situation. Usually, it's, it's more a weird. I, th- I felt like that was every night yeah. for you. No, I mean th- that was people being nice and like being weird and bowy. Yeah, really. It was really Usually, it's more just hysterically laughing. <laughs> we were sitting just to make it clear. Amber and I were sitting with Jamie in the corner of the improv bar, and the bar was empty. There was nobody there. <laughs> and every two seconds, some fucking comic would come over and be like, it's "Hey, Jamie, what's going on? How are you, buddy? Good to see you. Hey, hey, like looking good, man. Yeah, looking yeah. good." <laughs> Which is not to say that people shouldn't be nice, but it was just weird, like a weird procession of like it was like sitting with the Pope, you know. But that that was I'll take that all day. That's I mean that's fine. Like, yeah, when people are all nice. right. But usually it's more of an accostation, <laughs> being accosted. Yeah, you know what's worse than that? A lacostation. Anyway. No, this this person came up to me, and there's a, overall a nice comic, and they're they're funny. And Name names. Not naming names. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> but they came up to me, and they were like, the <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and they asked me, um, like, hey, did you get my email? I'm like, you know, I get so many emails. I don't know. It's like, yeah. He's like, I just so you know, I'm down to host. I was like, yeah. It's like I have so few hosting spots, and then I like try to stop myself before I go into like a 20 minute explanation, right? Because you don't owe him an explanation. Well, what you can do, I do this at work all the time, and I'm not good at my job, but it's okay. Um, And if you're listening, I hope you don't bank with Amber's bank. (laughs) Go on. You just say, oh yeah, I got your email. I'm working on it, (laughs) and then you move on. Oh, that is good. Working on it. Well, here's the thing. I I was trying to be short, and it's also a nice person. And um, but a normal person, I feel like if I was like, it's being persistent and trying to get for what you want, which is to perform on a certain stage. I get it, you know. Mm but I feel like if I was in that position, I'd be like, "Hey, dude, you know, just wanted to know, you know, I'm, I'd love to to host some." You'd start it. with "Hey, dude," <laughs> or "Girlfriend," if it was a sassy uh, lady. <laughs> Jesus, Jamie, that ran whatever situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Girls could do anything, boys can. But then I think most of the people at this table would react, or all of the people. <laughs> there's fifty. There's fifty people at this table, by the way. We're sitting at a large, large table. If you were By asking way, your someone, your hair looks magnificent. Again. It does look really weird. <laughs> um, but you'd be like, "Cool, dude, totally get it. Thanks. Um, I'll talk to you soon." 
And okay, let's just keep calling each other dude, by the way. Can we do that? Dude? Is that cool, dude? All right, dude. I'll see you, dude. But what did happen? Just a long stare and like like waiting for more and like what else can I tell you? Like, I don't know what else to say. But like I I I one hundred percent understand, and this is the pot calling the kettle black, but in I this situation, pot. as much as it doesn't feel like it, you're the one in power. Like they they don't have to intimidate you. I don't it wasn't I didn't feel intimidated. What did you feel in that moment? Just think back. <laughs> oh my god. Close your Tell eyes. me what you were feeling. What do you smell? No, say it faster than this, though. <laughs> Just annoyed. Yeah. It's yeah. an annoying job to deal with people like that. Comics are annoying by yeah. nature. So yeah. if you are in a position to give them shit, they're going to be annoying to you all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 just, I don't know how much longer I can put up with it. <laughs> and this job, you know, I've st- stuck with it so long because it opens doors. But I'm sick of What doors does it open? Well, just so meeting to people the, mm-hmm. in this world. But I'm at a point where it's like, how long do you open doors? How at long a certain point, you got to start walking now? in them, you know? Ooh, good. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I could stay there the next five years and, and open a thousand more doors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand what you're talking about. But it's time to... What fucking doors are you talking about? I mean, the biggest perk of this job is just getting to know everyone in this world. In the, I'm sorry. In this, I know what you mean. In the comedy world, in the comedy world, in this yeah. realm of people that in this magical land, this, yes, where I can make things. Hopefully, one day I can make things that go on the TV, and so it's time to do that instead of just opening more doors. Yeah, I, I, I don't quite follow what you're saying, <laughs> but <laughs> you're not going to get what you want by being the guy that every comic has to come to and say, "I want a spot." Because all they're going to do is want things from you. They're not going to give things to you. I know. That's all I do. Yeah. So quit your job. I might. How long have you been there? Almost three years. It's a wow. long time, especially in a job like that. Well, you don't quit until you have something else going on. I need to like fucking sell a script for a million dollars or but a thousand dollars. Do that. That's, that's yeah, do I'm... that. Why not? <laughs> Just do that. Just get a sitcom. Yeah. That's it what sounds... my mom always says. Just get a sitcom. <laughs> I might be delusional. But I feel well, like that's there's, it. There's a step in the right direction. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you just took a big step, Jamie. Look, you know, I know I say a lot of weird shit and have a lot of big dreams. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like that cockiness of just like, yeah, fuck it, I'm just going to sell a script. You have to have confidence. Mm-hmm. Well, this became weird. <laughs> um, it sure did. I need a vacation. What I'm trying to say is I need a vacation. Do you get vacation time? Yeah, but I have no money to spend to go anywhere. Why don't you go to Palm Springs? There's a hotel down there you oh, can yeah. stay at. I've been thinking about it. I think I can go get in there for free. I don't know, um, but I'll hook a brother up with what I could yeah. do. Yeah, all right. Amber, what's going on with you? <laughs> this fucking ship just crashed. All right, what's going on, Amber? Um, <clears throat> we're both talking about work. We have like a weird... Uh, Mind think. Yeah. Like last week, it was just like I bought a thing. It's always weird when you get a, when you have a mind think going on. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there was a big branch manager meeting in uh, Beverly Hills at work on Wednesday. Hello. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's gotten to the point though. I have I'm there enough that it doesn't phase me, but it used to because everyone in Beverly Hills is so clearly. In Beverly Hills. It, like, it would phase it, you to go to Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Because they look intimidating. Everybody looks intimidating. Everybody looks rich. Yeah. Uh-huh. And not just rich, but 
judgmental. <laughs> right. The way rich people are. <coughs> Correct. But, um, like, I once bought an ice cream cake on Rodeo Drive for Whoa. a meeting. And I just was like, this is an insane thing to do. Walk around the streets of Rodeo Drive with an ice cream cake. But um, Does Rodeo Drive have streets on it? <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> um, so at this meeting, it's fun because it's a lot of work to set up a meeting. But once I'm there, I don't do anything the entire day. I do zero things. Right. I sit in the corner and then everyone who... You could be working on your script. Oh, I should be. Um, but it's also tough because, like, my boss is sitting next to me. So uh -huh. I can't even, like, goof off, really. Right. I just have to, like, sit there. Everyone who presents, like, goes out of their way to thank me for all that I've done. Right. And I'm, it's confusing, but I'll take it. Uh, guys, I'm here to talk to you about what's going on in the bank. But first, I want to thank Amber for, Literally, that's what for the ice cream cake from Rodeo Drive. I don't know if you guys know, but she brought that straight from the streets of Rodeo Drive. <laughs> so thank you, Amber. And then in the middle of the meeting, if I do have to do something. All right. Now let's talk about family fiduciary <laughs> obligations. <laughs> My boss will just like text me like, hey, could you go get cupcakes? Uh -huh. And um, I can't look at you with your hair like that. <laughs> um, and then he'll hand me his credit card. Uh -huh. And so I go and I get cupcakes. <laughs> I'm so boring. Yeah. No, no, no. Go on. <laughs> Um, and then everyone's like, oh, Amber, thanks for the cupcakes. Like, you're the best. And you never correct them and say, I my boss them. gave me his yeah. credit card. But he also thanks me for the cupcakes. It's right. a really confusing system. Like, I'm just like a placeholder for goodness or something. I think that should be on your business card. <laughs> a placeholder for a placeholder goodness. A placeholder for goodness. Amber Kenny. Like, I represent more than I actually do. Yeah. Always. You're basically Gunga Din, like you're carrying water for this guy, <laughs> yes. but everybody thinks you're doing a lot more than that. Yeah. But if you remember, at the end, Gunga Din saved the British Army, so, you know. I'm probably going to do that. He was important. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else going on besides <laughs> buying cupcakes on Rodeo Drive? <laughs> um, I had dinner with John Michael, who you guys know, yeah, I know who John hosted Michael. us in Palm Springs. All right. And, uh, my God, that was the hottest I've ever I been know, in my life. I know. It was 115 degrees. <laughs> like, hey, let's go outside. No, let's stay inside. So that was the weekend our friendship was, was the same as it always was. <laughs> we drove there together. You and I by ourselves. I know. Oh, That was man. our first intimate moment. Jesus, that was a weird... Oh, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. We stopped. Maybe got bagels at one point? I think we did. No, maybe sub sandwiches. Something. We stopped somewhere and we got something. <laughs> but it was a great trip. It was like it was like on movie. the road. It was basically <laughs> yeah. like on the road with Jack Kerouac. And uh, I was uh, the other guy. But he sends us Neil love Cassidy? and says hi and he's great. Yeah. Where'd you guys go? Uh, we actually went to that little puppy place next to UCB. Puppy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Franklin and Bean yes, or whatever yes, it's yes, called. Yes, Franklin yes. and Bash. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Paul Gosler is a great chef. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I won't talk about how I met Jesus yesterday in the Starbucks downtown. And Wait. he told me that uh, when he was nailed to the cross, the endorphins kicked in as soon as the first nail went in. And he felt like he had just done a quarter gram of cocaine. And so that while everybody was standing below him as he was dying and moaning and groaning, he was looking down at all those big titted round bottomed Jerusalem girls. And he came in his shorts. I won't talk about that. Oh. Uh, we'll take one. a break right now, <laughs> and we'll be back what? in a moment with a very special guest. What? 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 
Do you think, um, what part of the Bible was that? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, this is Dana Gould, and you're listening to The Long Shot on your computer or personal MP3 player. We are back. You are listening to The Long Shot. It is a podcast. I am your host. My name is Sean Conroy. You just missed Jamie and Amber giving each other <laughs> career advice, career advice <laughs> the during, worst. Our, during our break. <laughs> uh, but with us today on the show, a very special guest, Mr. Joe Wangert is here. Hey, Hi, Joe. Welcome. How's it going? <laughs> <Hello. Okay. laughs> Joe, you sound a little taken aback. Joe, of course, a uh, very talented stand-up and improviser. Joe and I work together every week in ASCAT at the UCB. You can also catch Joe doing a half hour of stand-up on October 25th at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater at 5.30. Nice. Um, what's going on, Joe? Uh, <laughs> doing well. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all I had. Uh, uh, you guys, I had my last day of work at my current job. You guys are both talking about work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was your job? I, w- I was writing for a show that's going to be on USA called Playing House. Uh, that was created by Lennon Parham and Jessica <gasps> St. Clair. I love them so much. Yeah, they're the best. They're Not a fan. Great. Not a fan. Sean doesn't You're like them. full of beans. <laughs> I'm right in the middle. <laughs> they know. <laughs> we have the whole range. I like one, don't like the other. <laughs> and so, so how many how many episodes were you writing? <laughs> Ten episodes. And how did that go? It was great. Um, we had 15 weeks, and it wasn't a huge staff, but it felt like everything, I mean, we're done. <laughs> it, and it was the last uh, day. How, how many people on staff? There were uh, five, there was a head writer and then four other writers and then Lennon. Did the head writer have to make a schedule as far as? uh... (laughs) (laughs) He did, he did, and it was for all of us to see on a whiteboard and like the bullpen, and it was always always being altered. We did. I've always heard like I think it was. It changes all the time though, right? Yes, yes. It was. I mean, the process was very good compared to what I've heard from other people working on sitcoms. Um, so I was happy with it, but this whole week was like last week. So it kind of was like last day of school. Yeah. It was very like senior, right? Oh, see, like yeah. yesterday we drove downtown for lunch and then, you know, and like, I miss you guys. <laughs> I, it, it was a little Sign bit of yearbook. that at the end, but some of the people like my friend Anthony King is writing on the show and I see him all the time cause I perform with him. And then also we live in the same apartment building. <laughs> so I went around, I was like hugging the people that I'm not going to see for a while. Right. And then I was like. It seems uh, weird. We don't need to hug each other. <laughs> and I did it literally saw him three hours later when I went home. But did uh, everyone else in the room think you had a problem with him? N- yeah. Well, and we also do have a problem with each other. <laughs> and we're very vocal about it. Uh, we, it, as the end was ramping up, like people would, like one day there was like coffee from, you know, Vera bought everybody coffee. And I hadn't Fucking done Vera one of those things best. yet. Cupcakes? Uh, uh, well, I th- we had mentioned cronuts at some point. Ice cream, ice cream heard. cake from Rodeo Drive is very popular. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't get to Rodeo Drive in time. But we had mentioned cronuts. So I was like, I'm gonna. I found that there's a place on Franklin that sells cronuts. I'm gonna bring cronuts in. 
I buy 12 cronuts. Oh, and I, come I in. sense disaster coming. Anthony King had already bought 12 cronuts. From but, the same yeah. place? Different place, oh. Village Bakery. Oh, so, so you then can there compare was and just contrast. Like a sea of cronuts. Right, too right. many of them. So it doesn't, it, yet you get no distinction so you from that. You do have a problem with this guy. No, no, no. <laughs> it was kind what of. What is a cronut, like, by the way? It is a cr- half <clears throat> croissant, half donut. And there's like a custard filling in the middle. The ones that I got Ooh. were like chocolate and cinnamon. And then he, he, the place he went to, there were a bunch of different varieties. There was one that was like peanut butter and coconut. And See, I would have liked the, I would have liked the variety more than the chocolate and cinnamon. Yeah, you know, I like to try different stuff. Yeah, well, no, no offense. I but, was like, you know, I would have liked Anthony's better. Too, or I'll do <laughs> Just trying to make him feel bad about donuts and bro. They're my dessert, cronuts, and I'll make donuts. the rules. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is my dessert for everybody. So this might be a really dumb question because okay. I haven't had a cronut. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! But here is we it go. literally? I didn't have one until yesterday. yesterday okay, it was my first four that I had. <laughs> uh, is it literally half and half? Like this side is a cro- croissant, and this side is a donut, or is it like the mixture? Is it like both? a? Is it like a centaur, like half, you know, the, the torso I, is a man asking, and the yeah. body is a horse? I am in a unique position to really answer this question <laughs> because we saw a range of cronuts oh. yesterday. And Anthony's cronuts were more on the <laughs> croissant spectrum. Okay. They more closely They took after their croissants. father. Yes. <laughs> Mine were straight up donuts. They look like The croissants, donuts. the father? And then you could feel that They're there was a croissant element to it. But okay. yeah. Folks, we'll be back in a moment with more hybrid foods. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Um, all right. Well, Joe, since you're here, you were a school teacher at one time. Yes. How long did you teach school for? Five years. Okay. So I beat you by one year. Uh, a couple. Was a I win again. Uh, and you taught what age? I taught middle school. So sixth, seventh, and eighth. Oof, so that's, different that's the worst. grade every year. That's yeah, the same in- same as me. So we wanted to talk about teaching today just to, you know, explore Mix that topic. Yeah, why not? So let's start today with Amber. Why don't you tell us about... All right. I'm just going to keep talking about my job and meetings for some reason. Let's go to Jamie then. <laughs> uh, but like a year ago, there was a new like operating system that they were rolling out. What does that mean? Like, um... I don't know. <laughs> like Apple? Like, no, there was... There's different... Computers? Systems that we use to... Amber's making hand <laughs> motions that are helping us She always does that. Here. Like, I, I'm glad you said that because she's always like... And then, you know, like... <laughs> it, like, goes... One time she uh, was talking about how many seats there were on a plane, and she was like... It was like... <laughs> and it turned out it meant that there was one seat on each side, but she couldn't articulate it except with hand gestures. <laughs> I'm not good with words. I shouldn't do a podcast. Um... So there's different systems that like the tellers use to transact and they switched over to a new system for whatever reasons with updates in technology, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. Like sure. 2.0. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, but they had, they were like, Amber's good at communicating. She'll teach the class to everyone on how to use the new system. Uh-huh. And I was stoked about that because I got to get out of the office and I like, it's kind of like performing. Right. It's not just sitting at a desk for nine hours by myself. Um, So I was really, really excited, and I was kind of cocky. And then the first class starts, and I realize I don't know how the new system works at all. Oh, (laughs) boy. So I'm just, like, reading along with the booklet Mm -hmm. as I'm teaching these people who make more money than me. Right. But by the, the tellers s- make more money than you. I was also teaching the branch managers, oh, managers and, and stuff, like yeah. the district managers. And um, by the second class, 
You knew the system. I knew the system, and it was much better. But here's the... Um, so it helps to know the material you're teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to being, not know the being material prepared, you're teaching. Yeah. Being prepared. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, I was just trusting my bullshit abilities too much. Mm-hmm. Did you get called out on it at all? Well, that's the like crazy thing. I never get called out for anything. Uh-huh. Well, this will probably change everything. But yeah, I think that's bullshit. I re- I was talking to a branch manager yesterday, and the she was like, I was just talking to the lady who's in charge of training, and she speaks so highly of you. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. No, that's not being an asshole. I think there is some element of teaching that is just pure natural charisma you well, know people listen to, to you talk about anything if this you have isn't a good example but being able to communicate ideas sure <laughs> <laughs> but see in a teaching environment they can see my hands right definitely because i have seen people in all of these branch manager meetings mm-hmm. go up and present and they clearly know what they're talking about right but nobody else does right like it's they just don't have a way they don't to have com- a way to communicate it. Yeah. Yeah. And people that are really knowledgeable that don't have that ability to like connect or be right. charismatic or present are terrible teachers. Right. Um, Do you find it weird when people don't laugh? What? That I should <laughs> Jamie I should Flam, say. everybody. Jamie Flam. I've found, you know, ever since doing comedy, like oh. Jamie, take I, it down a notch. I can't Would even you? be like on stage. Like if people aren't and that's part of the reason I'm, I wasn't unsuccessful doing stand up. Is like if there was a part moment of, of silence. Other reasons. Sean. No, my jokes were great. <laughs> um but yeah, if there's a moment of silence, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And I would get in my head and that oh. would but so when I'm in any situation where like I'm speaking, and I people feel like aren't I'm laughing. Failing that, See, I yeah. must I've, have that feeling a lot. Constantly, yes. Mm-hmm. I find the opposite miserable. at these meetings. Like they're such fucking Dry. easy, stupid audiences. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody had a picture of a cat on one of their PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> I the love room it. lost their <laughs> yeah. shit. They were like rolling in the aisles. Yeah. Like it's so easy. You just say something that's even slightly humorous, and they're like, "Oh." <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Jamie, tell yeah. us about teaching. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, my, the only story I could think of uh, for this—the only story you could think well, of related to teaching—that has when more you were than one for sentence. twenty years. Um, yes. Go on. In college, I went to college, and congratulations! Uh, Show off. Yeah. I took a class. I want to brag about religion and philosophy. You were like a religion major, weren't you? Religious studies, yeah. But I was a—that's so weird to me. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. I always sense forget to me. that, and then I'm like, oh yeah, Jamie was a religious studies I major. Think I yeah I don't remember that. I have a diploma. Like I'm an expert on in religion. Some... Did you study a lot of religions, or did you like focus on? I studied. It was like you know um, a survey of all religions, but um, I focused on the Eastern, your Buddhisms, your Hinduisms. Uh-huh. Uh, which I wish I was in college now because I would actually pay attention, pay much more attention. <laughs> I would go to some classes. Plus, you'd get some of that sweet college tang. <laughs> okay. I, also, I went to UC Santa Barbara, <laughs> which is like a renowned party school, uh-huh. where just by walking down the street, you get laid. Like, You've said this before. Because <laughs> I? Yeah. I, I think about it a lot. I'm like, I went to this school for four years and managed to not really do that. <laughs> not to walk down the street and get laid? <laughs> no, I mean, literally, like if, if you have any sort of ambition... Towards that end. Towards that end, you can make that happen. Yeah, and you never did. I had one girlfriend. I think uh-huh. that's it. Uh huh. Ugh. Anyway, well, you know, you can't go back. You can no. only go forward. You can only go forward. So find another street to walk down. Yeah. Where you're gonna get laid. So what happened? So I took in this class, and um, what was the class? I think this was 
religion and philosophy or the philosophy of religion. What's funny about that is you don't know exactly <laughs> what it was and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It could be either of those things. <laughs> like it sounds like your major was basically a crock of shit most of the time. No, actually, uh, UC Santa Barbara is like renowned for their... <laughs> for lots of stuff. <laughs> the streets that you walk down and get laid And on. the religious studies program. <laughs> Go hand what, a, hand. what a yeah! What a contrast. <laughs> no, if you look it up, it's uh, um, go ahead, look it up. Like probably the top the first five. two things. They, they have banners for each of those on their website. Walk down our streets and get laid. Learn about the philosophy of religion or the religion of philosophy. <laughs> um, but I would some of these classes. I don't know about you guys, but um, I would literally go the first day of class, mm-hmm. go to the midterm, go to the final, and get. An A or B. Well, I did that and did not get A's or B's. And it caught up to me by the end of college so that I did not graduate. So watch yourselves, folks. Go to class. Don't be like us. Yeah. But then again, I didn't go to University of Santa Barbara. Well, right. Where did you go? (laughs) Let's not get into that. Go on. (laughs) What are you hiding? I'm not hiding anything. (laughs) Um... But yeah, so um, I oh, think... Oh, yeah, we haven't even gotten to the story yet. We're no, still in the no. setting. Yeah. I remember this. It was a very young teacher. Like, I was, you know, probably 20 or 21. He be, seemed like he might have been 30. But he was, like, kind of that young, kind of hip teacher. And he would have everyone at his house. <coughs> like, he lived in, like, the hills of Santa Barbara. That must have been beautiful. It was gorgeous, yeah. We went was to his he house. sleeping with a lot of students? It I sounds just, like I, it. I'm still coming back, but I remember there's this one really... Did he walk attract- down the streets? <laughs> he didn't have to walk down those streets. <laughs> He just street. set up a lemonade stand and got his dick sucked all day long. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll take another cup. <laughs> Do I remember the girls liked him? I think it's kind of this ding dong haircut. What does a ding dong haircut look like? It's kind of kind of like my hair today. <laughs> Very but more like collegiate, more scholarly. Anyway, I, I we for the, we had this final paper. I don't even remember what it was for, but you know, I turned it in, did my best. And um, about two weeks later, I'm in front of the library walking out, and I run into him. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? He's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Go back. Go back. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Go back. So you are walking. Oh, no. <laughs> You're walking by the library. I'm walking out, out of the library. Yeah, and walking you see the library. him. And your first thought is, let me see how this guy is doing. And then it turns out he is coming from the other direction. <laughs> and you're, so he sees, he's like, oh, Jamie's outside the library. Let me see how he's doing. So both of you, so you say, how you doing? And he's like, how you doing? Exactly. Okay, great. I just not wanted to, to get those details clear. You, so I'm, sometimes I will get caught in a loop of that. I'm really bad at the beginning oh, of conversation. But if I don't see somebody, I'll be like, hey, Amber, how you doing? And hey, you go, good, how are you? I'll go, good, how are you doing? I'll say it again. I, every day I do that multiple times. Wait, did I, just I don't that? mean it, I guess. Or? It's just words. I need to keep talking. No, that happens every day. Like, oh, you just told me how you're doing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, he's like, actually, I want, I've been wanting to talk to you. This is right after how you doing? <laughs> this is right after okay. how you doing. He, says, he didn't say like, not well, Jamie, not well. He might, I don't remember uh-huh. verbatim. But he said, I've been wanting to talk to you. I, I, uh, I have under suspicions that you, you cheated on that. He was under suspicion because you cheated. I have my suspicions that you cheated. Perhaps Uh that's better. Um, 
And I was just frozen. I remember being like, whoa, because I didn't cheat. I wrote that paper, every last word of it. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I just have, I have reason to believe that, you know, like that you didn't write that, that you had someone else write it for you. And I was like, why does he no. think that? And he's like, well, well, tell me about the paper. And I was like two weeks removed from this. I don't know if you guys remember, or for me anyway. Two would, weeks ago? No, would, <laughs> no chance. I don't know what day it is. But I write this paper as always last minute. I'd write it in like, you know, the night before and hammer it out and then forget about it. So he kind of asked me a question about what I'd written about. And I then I did not help my well, situation. Well, you're also probably really freaked out, and your brain is freezing even more than it totally. would have. You were in your head a little bit. Oh yeah, you tend to live there. I certainly do. You were like, "What do I say? Is it the right thing or the wrong thing to say? Is there a manager here who can remove this guy? <laughs> Let me lock down the premises. <laughs> Let me search the premises and see if there's somebody who can get this guy out of here." Which is a metaphor. I mean, I'm searching in a constant search to. Find the manager in myself that can eliminate my thinking. Whoa. Shit just got deep on the long shot. <laughs> that was the philosophy of religion right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was By the, the way, religion was, of philosophy. Yeah. That was Sorry. the class. This is, I'm remembering, this is the class that brought the word enchantment into my life. I've always been Fuck into, you, religion <laughs> of philosophy. No, it was, the, they talked about in that class the disenchantment of the world, mm. which happens in the 13th. 1400s, maybe 1500s, maybe 1200s. <laughs> so you didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> no, but as, on that as paper. <laughs> I love this concept, but as by the way, that was what it said in his paper. <laughs> like the 13, Jamie, like I feel like you're not being specific enough, so you probably didn't write this. No, I probably did. How you doing? <laughs> as science becomes more Go sophisticated, yes. they have explanations for things. Mm. Makes sense. So it's not faith anymore. People aren't living in wonder about. Mm -hmm. There might maybe There's no such things as miracles anymore. And maybe there aren't dragons. I always think of dragons like in Asia. Like people thought there were like these huge <laughs> fire-breathing dragons. I but always then think they... of those too. I'm like, what? What was going on? You know, what? What the hell? I really do like, think I just, about. I, a lot. You know, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. Like I, I don't go to bed till five, but around seven, I'll, I'll wake up. I'll be like, what's going on with those Asian dragons? And then I'm like, oh, the sun's up. I missed it rising again. Uh, uh, go on, Jamie. How you doing? Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you guys Alex don't... gave you way too much coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a black eye, so it's got extra shots of espresso in it. Go on, Jamie. Uh, Alex did tell me he didn't want to order a tall black eye because he felt like it would sound too much like a tall black guy. Yeah. And then he was like, "What if I said tall black eye with whipped cream?" Uh. And then he was like, "I did smoke before I came here." <laughs> <laughs> The worst part is Starbucks actually can accommodate that request. Okay. <laughs> I love when you do your Johnny Carson impression. I just thought we had a time machine that could take us back 20 years. That would be relevant. Go on. I just watched the documentary on Carson on Netflix, which I highly recommend. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee's hitting me now, too. All right. So anyway, disenchantment, the world becomes more explained. Um, anyway, look into it. It's a whole thing. and It's really cool to me. This is not relevant to your story, by the it's way. It's not, but like once I get into enchantment, man. But back to the story. Yeah. So he he calls me out. I didn't know what to say. I did not help my case by like blubbering like a. I also idiot. don't know, but it seems blubbering. like that isn't the right place like, way to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. of course not. Oh, I'm now it's all coming back. But I asked him too. I was like, you know, I haven't gotten a grade. I, it was like two weeks after um, that semester. Ended. You started the conversation. Maybe I did. Hey, how you doing? After right. maybe he had a weird <laughs> panic moment. Right. It, like, it might have oh, been, him, it. It yeah. been him being defensive. It might have 
might have. It doesn't I, sound bad to me. That was what I wanted to hear from my professors every time I turned a paper in. This could not have been you. This it's was too good. so good yeah. that you had to have cheated on this yeah. in some way. But I don't think he said it was that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like... This um, was mediocre, and I expect very poor from you. <laughs> so what happened, Jamie? That's the whole... Yeah, I remember. I didn't get the grade. Like, grades came in. I was like, I got those grades for those classes, but there was no grade for that one. So I asked him about that. So then he set up a meeting. I had to go to his office. So okay, like, so it wasn't just outside the library. All, that all happened outside the library, but then after that, we he, he called a meeting, and then because I'm really bad at articulating, Did you bring an ice cream cake from Rodeo Drive. You really should have, <laughs> or at least some cupcakes, cronuts, skagels, skogels. <laughs> what would that Square be? Square bagels, sconuts, stonuts. Jamie's having a stroke. <laughs> cronuts. <laughs> Okay. You couldn't think of the word cronuts? <laughs> that, I thought you were it. inventing foods. <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of a fun bit. Skagels, <laughs> Skagels, Snoggers, Snoggers, Snickles, Snickers, Snocks, Chicks, Skokes, Cronuts. Got it. Literally four seconds within saying I can't articulate myself. Um, so I can't articulate myself. Jamie, you wrote this paper about Skagels. <laughs> and yet you were talking about how they're a hybrid of donuts uh, and I wanted something Those are called cronuts, not Skagels. Something about the disenchantment of the world. So, so what happened, Jamie? So I'm bad at articulating. And so as I've done many times in my life, I wrote a letter to him. For your meeting. For the meeting. A face-to-face meeting, you showed up with a letter. And handed it to him. Was it handwritten? Probably. Boy, you stumped him with that question. <laughs> it's weird. He could not figure out what happened. He didn't even give a definitive answer. Because my, my brain went to, did I have a computer then? I don't think I had a computer then. That almost shut him down for the I, day. I was picturing like... <laughs> was it handwritten? Pass. Oof. Oof. Can I phone a friend? Um, I was picturing like notebook paper folded like in high school when you pass notes. I mean, but I think it might have been an envelope or... Okay. Do you still I do you still think I cheated? Check yes <laughs> right. or no. <laughs> Maybe do I, you like uh, me? Check yes or no. It's possible I emailed him and then he'd printed out the email. But I remember him reading it. Out loud? Not out loud. Okay. I was but like, just, there was like silence in the room for you know, a minute as he wrote, read this letter that I'd written. That's when That's you need weird. to fart. <laughs> what about it? You levity? should have written it in the same style that the paper was written in, and then it would mm. have cleared up everything. Well, the first thing I remember him saying was like, well, well after we talked, dear I, Professor Finkelbarter, <laughs> just so you Snarks. know, I think dragons do exist, <laughs> but only <Yeah>. in Asia. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to write someone a letter that says that. <laughs> In conclusion. <laughs> in conclusion, uh, he, he said, you know, after I spoke to you in front of the library, I realized that you, you hadn't cheated, but you totally missed the entire, uh, like, assignment. Oh, so and he wasn't, he, you just wrote the paper bad. Yeah, I think I just, like, did not address the question. <laughs> Stop talking about dragons. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, the paper was supposed to be about whether or not God exists, <laughs> not about Asian dragons. <laughs> it's related. So what happened? What was the upshot of it? I think he just gave me a B minus. <laughs> <laughs> Done. God. I mean, I feel like you should have like gone after that guy. Like that's that's a serious charge, you know? 
Well, it didn't get to the point. I think there's probably a, a point where they can actually file some sort of charge with the university and it can affect your eligibility to play sports. <laughs> I know, you're just talking now. I'm I guess it's not that different from usual. Saying words from me mouth box. Uh, all right. college. Joe, yes. tell us about teaching. Um, well, I taught, as I said, I taught for five years in New York. and uh, Where in New York? 21st and 1st. I uh, live in that area. 104, Simon Baruch Middle School. Sure, I, I applied to sub at that school. Okay. And where I, did you teach at? I taught for one year at 114th Street and Frederick Douglass Boulevard at a okay. school called Wadley, which was shut down at the end of that year because it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then I taught for five years at a place called William J. O'Shea, IS-44, at 77th between Columbus and Amsterdam, Okay, Upper West. But uh, when I left there, I did apply to sub at that school, and they mm-hmm. called me a couple times, but I was out of town. But yeah. then I kind of never went back there. It was a pretty massive school, and there was a real um, – it was very diverse. There was a huge range of kids. There were kids from, like, you know, higher socioeconomic backgrounds, and then we had kids that were getting bu- uh, bust in from – you know, all the other boroughs and everything. And there was, the, some of the other teachers would brag about, like, I guess Robert Downey Jr. went to middle school there, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. And, like, we did have kids that would, like, you know, get out of school to, like, go on commercial auditions and stuff. But I taught middle school, so the way, or I taught special ed, um, and I taught a 12 to 1 to 1 class, which meant it was 12 students and then me and then an aide and then sometimes another aide if a student needed to have their own personal aide. Now, were you Ms. 1 or Ms. 2? Uh, Ms. 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Which is behavioral problems. Yes. Yes. Not developmental or disabilities. Exactly. Yeah. Right. M- well, mostly behavior. It was like behavioral uh, kids with behavioral disorders and then also like learning disabilities, but no, no, like I didn't have any like autistic kids or and occasionally like i had a kid one year that we were pretty sure had asperger's Uh but it just took like like most of the year before he finally was reclassified and then sent to a different school that's that's what i was gonna bring up in junior high everyone is kind of like how can you tell if someone's special ed almost like everyone is just well well you can tell with some of the kids these guys i I, I don't know what i don't know what your kids were like but the ms one kids are where i was were just rough yeah rough yeah like what like, well, the the craziest part for me was they would just kind of lump the 12 lowest performing kids or the kids with the, you know, worst behaviors into one class. So you'd have really low functioning kids who couldn't read on like a first grade level because they had attention deficit disorders or learning disabilities, and they'd be in there with severely emotionally disturbed kids. So those kids would be acting out and distracting the kids that That already can't pay attention in a normal classroom. So it was like just a very crazy situation. And when I started, you know, I was like 21 years old. I'm me, so I'm not (laughs) intimidating or like... You know, it was hard for me to uh, exert control over the class, and I was teaching eighth grade. So I had kids in that class that were, like, as big as me that, you know, grew up in New York City. And I'm coming there from Pennsylvania, and I was like, hey, everybody, I'm going (laughs) to, you know, teach you. It was just, it was crazy. Yeah, that sounds really intense. My first year, my eighth grade class actually wasn't that bad, but then the next year I had sixth grade, and I was excited about working with younger kids because initially I wanted to work. I wanted to teach, like... 
uh, first grade. I was in kindergarten, first grade, because I was interested in like emergent literacy, like when people start learning how to read. Right. Did you I still go got to, to school for that? School. Did yep. you you studied education? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I got a minor in special ed, figuring I want to know how to teach those kids. Right. Because of mainstreaming, I felt like I was going to end up having some kids in my class that needed that help. And when I got to New York, those were the only jobs I could get were right. special ed jobs. But that sixth grade class I got the second year, there were uh, people that I worked with at that school who had been there for 25 years, and they were like, this is the worst group of kids that we've ever had. Oh, my God. Behaviorally, they were just like, that That kid that we thought had Asperger's was in that class, and then just like a lot of very, very uninvolved parents and really extreme, extreme behavior disorders. And I was constantly breaking up fights, and it was really hot in my classroom, and I bought fans so that it would like be cooler in there and <laughs> they broke three fans by the end of the year because <laughs> they would like get into these giant fights with each other and like tumble into the fans and like break the shitty oh fan God. that I bought from Kmart. <laughs> 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 and I was have to be like, guys, please just don't fight near the fans. <laughs> like, can we all agree that we all want the fans here? Keep fighting. You guys don't like each other. You don't like me, but... I, I would ha- try to contact the parents in that class a lot, and um, I started, I became an R. Kelly fan because of that class, because there was this one kid, Bobby, and I would call his mom at the end of the day, and at that time, do you remember when cell phones, sometimes you would call someone, and before like you could leave a message, tone. yes, you'd have to listen to a song, <laughs> yes. and her ringback song was R. Kelly's remix to Ignition, so I'd be like <laughs> sitting there dude, at dude. the end of the day, <laughs> At like five o'clock, waiting, like desperately trying to talk to this woman, and I would have to listen to like a minute of R. Kelly's remix to Ignition. So initially, I hated it, and then after a while, I was like, I kind of like this. It's song. my one vacation <laughs> in the day. So what was the what was the low point? Well, that I mean, that year overall was really really tough. The second um, year, yeah, uh-huh. and there was one day in particular. That was kind of, it it was all up from here after this point, but the one kid that I never had behavior problems with was this kid, Thomas, who we think had Asperger's, and he would spend all day kind of living in a fantasy world. He would, he was obsessed with Pokemon and Scooby-Doo, so he would draw those characters, and he would also spend all day drawing little caricatures (coughs) of everyone in the class and me, so instead of, like, doing his work, he'd be like, Mr. Wangard, I drew you battling Charizard, and I would go, okay, great. (laughs) Um, By the way, he's developing a sitcom for NBC. (laughs) So Wangard battles Charizard. and, And he was like... He looked like me in a weird way. Like he was heavy set and he had like really wild hair and my hair was even crazier at that point. I had bigger, I had like really big like mutton chops and glasses and he had glasses. So all the other kids would, at the beginning of the year was like, yo, yo that that's your, your son. son. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And that was like the insult to him. I guess to me. He was a white kid? Yeah. Uh-huh. And the only white kid in the class. Uh-huh. And, we, and you know, he didn't know that he was being made fun of and I didn't care because I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at the beginning of the year, they started making fun of him. And my kid, they were bad kids, but some of them were like kind of mature enough, at least that after a certain point, they were like, oh, I don't need to make fun of this kid. Yeah, this like, kid has, 
he's Big like, he's worse off it's than like me. on yeah. another level. And, uh, and so they just kind of ignored him, yeah. which at least was, that was my biggest concern at the beginning of the year. I was like, they're just going to torture this kid. So we kind of had a good thing going after a while. And I was helping him with like really remedial, like almost like life skill stuff was what me and the other teachers folk decided to focus on him with, but there were, he had a hard time expressing things and communicating on a basic level. So one day he came in and he always wanted to go to get a drink or go to the bathroom or leave the classroom so he could roam the halls. So the guidance counselor and I were like, that's the one thing we kind of need to like try and lock Thomas down on. Like he should follow the rules that other people are following. And you couldn't leave the room during the lunch periods. That was the only three periods where you couldn't go to the bathroom or get a drink because kids would do that and then go down in the cafeteria and fuck around with their friends. Right. So I knew he wasn't doing that. But he asked fifth period one time, Mr. Wenger, my mouth is thirsty. Can I go get a drink? Oh, is what he a said. Cute way of saying it. So, and I was like, you know, well, Thomas, it's fifth period, lunch is next period, you're gonna get a drink, then you're gonna have to wait. And I go on with my math lesson, and then he asked me again, and I like shut him down again. Thirsty. His mouth was still <laughs> thirsty. And then he the third time he gets up out of his seat and he walks towards me. And he starts asking me again. And I go, Thomas, you know, I, you got to follow the rules that everybody else follows. In the middle of it, he just barfs the most amount of barf that I've ever seen. That was a surprise. You know how in Saturday Night Live when someone pukes and they have that hose hooked up? It was like that much puke just going down Like in Stand By Me when the kid is in the pie eating contest? I was covered in puke. And it was so gross because he had such a bad diet and like his hygiene was really bad. It was like the last person you would want to have puke on you. I know it's weird to say, but... I would make a top 10 list and he would not be on it. <laughs> so I had I had an a, a, a an aide at the time, David, and I was like, okay, get everybody else and take them down to lunch early, and then I'll take Thomas to the nurse. And I was like covered in puke, and we had to take him down to the nurse. And then and the nurse was like, What the fuck is your problem? Why didn't you send him to the bathroom? I was like, he didn't tell me he needed to throw up. He said that his mouth was thirsty. He doesn't know when he needs to throw up or what that means. And then I had to go into the principal's office and I was like, Well, what do I do now because we were halfway through the day and she was like did you bring a change of clothes with you why would you have that's what I said Amber (laughs) I said I teach sixth grade if it was kindergarten maybe I'd be prepared to be like puked on or shit on or something but this is not an option and she was like well I'll tell you what you can go for a walk. I taught at 21st and 1st and buy yourself some new clothes and the school will pay for it. So I started walking towards Just Union covered, Square, oh God. covered in puke. And the first store I got to was Diesel. Yes, you know that place? Yes. So I went in and I bought these like cool <laughs> diesel pants <laughs> and like a sweatshirt, like something that I would never, ever wear. But I was like, fuck it. I'm going to buy this because the school is going to pay for it. And then when I came back, my kids were like, you look good today, Mr. Wenger. <laughs> You're lucky That's, Thomas puked on you. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were gonna put you in PE clothes or something. That's what I thought too. But they, she, for some reason, she was like, "Go, go get, some go get clothes." <laughs> you know, you're all right, Mister Wingu. <laughs> Yeah, and then I changed my personal style since then, and that's why I'm always rocking diesel, in case you guys were ever wondering. It's just like Mr. Chips. That's like kind of a similar story. You know? I don't, you know, I never saw that. Uh, it's not the same at all. No, I've assumed, but I still <laughs> felt the need to. 
to treat it sincerely. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, you know, as I've said, I've taught junior high school also for six years. And my first year, I taught at a school at 114th Street and Frederick Douglass Boulevard, which is in the middle of Harlem. It was an all-black school except for one kid who was Hispanic, Frankie, and he had two children. He was in the ninth grade um, from different girls. Um, it, it was a rough, it was a rough, rough, rough place, like rough. Um, and I said already this school was closed at the end of the year because mm-hmm. it was physically falling apart. It was, it had, it was a beautiful old building. Like, you know how schools now are all just like concrete boxes, basically? Mm-hmm. Uh, this school was architecturally magnificent. It had a slate roof with like, you know, I don't know what these are, but they were, it, it was slanted in parts, you know? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I was, I was at that time I was white and, uh, it was, Before uh, the surgery. yeah, but it was like, you know, and they, and the kids from day one, the kids hated that I was white, you know? Um, it was just such a, such a thing. And I was teaching math because I, I didn't go to school for education. This was something I kind of stumbled into and they just needed math teachers. So they were like, the, just like the wire, the principal was like, you went to a Jesuit school so you could teach anything. Uh, all right. You're a math teacher. That's how most, most of the people I worked with were in that situation. I actually was like, why did I waste? Why did I go to college for this? <laughs> thing? Uh, Cause I then when I moved to New York cause I wanted to do comedy. So I was like, Oh, I could have just like cut out the middle and just <laughs> gone there. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was just really hard. I was exhausted all the time. The kids wouldn't pay attention to me. I'd just be standing in the front of the room going, all right guys. And they'd be like playing cards and like doing each other's hair and stuff. And then what was hilarious was I didn't have a full schedule. I only had like 20 teaching periods a week. But there was a requirement that I be mentored by an older teacher. And in order to fulfill that requirement, they had to take a class away from an older teacher. So they gave me that class. So I got five more periods of a ninth grade class, which meant some of the kids in that class had been left back twice at that point. So they were like 16 and 17 years old. So there were men in that classroom with me. And they were so difficult. And breaking up fights between those guys was like, it was crazy. Yeah. But, you know, the year wore on. And I got to the point where I kind of got along with most of the kids. And we all sort of had a mutual respect. And I just remember one day, uh, these two kids got in a fight. This kid, Keith, who used to go outside and get blunted at lunch and then roam the halls trying to fuck the seventh grade girls. And then, well, he was in the the ninth grade, so they were like the easy targets, you know? They thought he was the man. Um, And then this girl, Keisha, who was like a good kid, you know? She was Uh basically just like a nice kid who sat in class. She was always like really well-dressed, like... She put herself Diesel? together before she came to school in the morning. Um, yeah, she. whenever somebody vomited on her, she would go buy new clothes at Diesel. Uh, but she, they, I don't know what happened. They had been fighting somewhere in the, in the school, and then she came in and sat down in my room, and Keith came in, and she picked up a chair and clocked him in the head with Holy it. Holy God. Yeah. So the security guard came in right after that, Larry and he was like Mr. Conrad do you see what happened here and I said the only thing I saw was I saw Keisha hit Keith with a chair oh no and she felt like you threw under the bus not threw under the bus but like I was not taking her side and I was like 
there's no side to take. That's I'm just what saying I what I saw. Yeah. Like I don't, you know. So she can't. She went down to the principal's office, and the thing about the school was, uh, they never did anything disciplinarily to these kids. They would just go, "Don't do things like that anymore," and then send the kids back to class. So this girl hit a boy with a chair, and ten minutes later, she was back in my room, and she came back into the room. And she was just on fire. She she so she came in and she was like, "You white motherfucker, fuck you! How fucking dare you fuck!" Like just on oh and on and on God. and on and did not stop for like minutes. And I was like, I didn't I didn't know what to do. You know, she right. was having like a temper tantrum, all directed at me. And this was a kid who I liked and right. liked me, but she was so fucking angry at me. And. I just remember Al Glover, who was one of the other teachers, who imagine like if Samuel L. Jackson was like shorter and skinnier and an alcoholic. That was Al Glover. Uh, okay. And but he was awesome. Like, I love that guy. He was the guy who at Christmas time we were, you know, right before we went away for Christmas vacation because people weren't nice to me at that school. They thought I was a cop when I first got there. 21 Jump Street. Because they had been burned a couple of years before by a young woman, a white woman who came in and taught at the school. And turned out to be investigating drug use among the teachers. So Among the teachers? Yeah. So when I came in, they thought I was a cop again. So nobody would talk to me or eat with me or anything. But Al, at right before Christmas, we're sitting up in Mr. Boots's room. And Al is like, we're just drinking warm vodka out of paper cups. And Al is like, Conroy, you all right for a white boy. <laughs> I was like, okay, I made it. So Al comes in while Keisha's having this meltdown. And I'm like, okay, Al's here. He can calm her down. Because he got along really well with the kids. He was the gym teacher. So, mm. you know, the gym teacher always has like right. a little leeway. Yeah. Like they can. Like almost like a fun uncle. Yeah, exactly. They don't do anything. So he comes in and one of the kids is like, Mr. Glover, tell Keisha to stop. And Al, <laughs> and Al goes, no, let her say what she has to say. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like now he's taking her side. I, I just was like, it, it made me feel so awful. Like I was just so. So anyway, she goes on and on. She finishes. She's she's like, basically, she probably went and took a nap after that because she used up so much energy. What did happen? Did you ever find out why she was so mad at him? That's what I want to know. They were just like, he was sexually harassing her. I'm sure, right. you know, he grabbed her ass or something. Um but so she leaves and the class is sitting there and they've just watched me get torn a new asshole for like eight minutes by this, you know, 14 year old girl. And I just I felt like I was going to cry. Like sure. I really because yeah. she was so mean to me and Al was so mean to me and it was such a hard year and I was right. trying so hard. And this girl who I liked had just said, fuck you, you fucking white piece of shit. Yeah. And I was like really struggling like not to not to cry basically and I went over because I, I was really afraid that I was going to break down in front of these kids and I went over and I stood by the window and I was just like staring out the window and like trying to swallow so I wouldn't you know lose my shit and I was like and this kid Julius who everybody called him juice he comes over and he just puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes don't worry Mr. Conroy it'll be all right what a sweet guy. Yes. <laughs> it was amazing. You got the juice. That would have made me cry, though. Yeah, I know. So I was sweet. like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> not helping me. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, and then you're like, so let's do some math. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, let's get back into solving for X, guys. <laughs> um, but that was, for me, that was my, that was sort of my low point of the whole time I was teaching. Um, it was, was hard because there are, at, at that point, they're like, 
they're people, you know, and they just will be so cutting to each other and to you. And I feel like it would really like pile up and stress you out at Mm -hmm. a certain point. Yeah. Kids can be really mean, you know, and and you're right. You go, I'm an adult. I, you know, I don't care. But at some level, sometimes it hurts when people say mean things to you. And that's like, for me, like I like, you know, I liked teaching people. I liked helping people and things got better for me in that. Yeah, I think it was in my third year because another teacher that I worked with, no one would ever do their homework. And these were kids that really did need the extra practice and the extra time with the concepts. And often during the school day, you weren't getting anything done because it was so crazy. So this other uh, special ed teacher that I worked with, we started like a homework help club because there were kids that kind of didn't have anywhere to go anyway after school. And we would do that for two hours at the end of the day. And that was always the best part of the day, the day that wasn't technically part of my job because right, right. it was volunteer only. Right. So kids that wanted to work and didn't want to like fuck around would stay after. Right. And, and you actually felt like you were groups. seeing the results. Or yeah. As opposed to like, impact. you know, these are the kids that are in your class and, mm. you know, they're not choosing to be there. You didn't choose them. Right. Like that situation. So Yeah. Did you ever feel like a... Uh unsafe like threatened i mean you did it sounded like i didn't i never did i don't know why yeah i mean we had in that first year of teaching i used to call wednesdays teacher beat up day because literally every wednesday some teacher would get grabbed and pulled into the boys bathroom and beaten by kids what yeah it was like a sub or a teacher they didn't like people people were always getting their asses kicked by kids, but for some reason, I never felt like I was in any nightmare. in any danger. We you know? had fish sticks Wednesday. Johnny Carson <laughs> impression, folks. Johnny Carson impression. Did you ever feel in danger? No. Well, it's it sounds it sounds like your school was a lot rougher than mine, but I no, I didn't either. For some reason, I guess you kind of have to just be confident, and I'm the teacher. You have to have that energy because if you're at all unsure and and as mature as some of those kids were like at the same time they were still kids yeah i did always feel like you know they were not going to do anything like very like they weren't really going to put anybody in danger or harm anybody Uh, i did have i did have one kid who grabbed me once like i forget exactly what the circumstances were but i was like you know they ha- they would do they would switch things up sometimes and the kids wouldn't like it like they were supposed to have gym in the afternoon and they would be like no you guys are going to have an assembly today in the afternoon and this kid got very upset <laughs> like no nah, no nah, we going to the gym fuck that and i was like no you're not going to the gym and he was like i'm going to the gym and i think i stood in the doorway saying no actually you're not going to the gym we're going to go to this assembly and he grabbed me and tried to wrestle me out into the hallway and i kind of disengaged from him and then i went I went to, because the school was terrible, but what they would say to me was, just write everything up so that we have a record yeah. of everything that happens, and then we can take action against but these kids. never did. Never did anything. I still have some of the stuff I wrote up. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious, because it was the only thing I could do, so I would write up these long, long things that sounded like, they sounded like, like... Like dispatches from the British Empire, <laughs> like when things were falling apart in the British Empire, you know, at that moment, Norman decided it would be appropriate for him to, you know, like that kind of shit. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I wrote up a thing and I took it down to the office and they were like, and he was a transfer student. He had transferred into my class 
And it turned out that he had transferred from another school because he had tried to kill his stepfather with a claw hammer. What? So it was like, wow. Nobody thought that was a thing you should tell me before you put the it's kid in my class. That, like, just put him in a new school. Yeah, yeah, like, I know. Like, <laughs> attempted murder or no? Okay, we'll just transfer. Uh, but yeah, no, I never, I never, for some reason, I don't know why. And there were, there were constant fights at that place. That's like, crazy. Constant. Um, but, uh, I skated. I got through. It all worked out. All right. Survivor. This feels like a good place to take a break. So we will do that and we will be back in a moment with a segment on the show that we like to call Parting Shots. You are listening to the long shot, Jamie Flam wheeling and dealing uh, on the phone while we're trying to get the show finished. You got to see a little taste of the whirlwind. Yes, uh, one hundred twenty, twenty, forty, sixty, <laughs> twenty. We had twenty down for sixty and forty down for one hundred and twenty. Uh, no one sh- knows what this that is a part of the show. Means. I don't know what that means, but that's what he was talking about. Uh, I uh, this is a part of the show that we like to call parting shots. Yeah. So let's start today. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this with you, Joe, but you can just say <laughs> anything at this jerks. point. Yeah. Okay. I know. I was too busy <laughs> trying to get Jamie off the phone to actually explain this part to Joe. I'm sorry. Uh, but basically what we do is just say something else. <laughs> okay. Another thing. <laughs> you related or not related. Uh, so say. let's start today with Amber. What's your parting shot? Uh, you're going to love this, but... Every time you guys mentioned a school in New York, mm-hmm. there were so many words. Like oh, all, the name of the school. Yeah, yeah. All of well, the they schools. all have a they all have a a name of a person, uh-huh. and then a number. Right. That goes. So it's like I taught at IS forty four William J O'Shea. I also taught at IS eighty eight Lydia B Wadley Junior High School. That's insane. But when you're talking to other people who live in New York, then I would always include the cross streets because right. that's how they're going to be able to place it. In they the know where it is. And then yeah. you can also say the neighborhood. So I could say like I taught at MS one hundred four Simon Baruch at twenty first and first, mm-hmm. which was in what what neighborhood is that? That's now a I'm just weird neighborhood. It's Murray not, Murray Hill. Mur- that's well, it's, it's not even Murray Hill though. It's like south of Murray Hill. Yeah, so south, south uh, on Murray. the border of Murray Hill and whatever is like <laughs> Lower East Side. Oh, there's a million Murray Hill in the Lower yeah, East Side. My junior high was rainy. <laughs> right, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I was, lived I in Abington and I went to Abington Junior High School. I could have gone to Corona. I went to rainy. I had a choice of Albert Leonard or Isaac Young. Um, Do you ever say, you know, two blocks from the diesel? A <laughs> um, couple of blocks you know from uh, the place where you'd go if you get puked on. Um, I, I lived. I lived for my first five years in New York at Twentieth and First. By the way, that's oh, okay. why. I, that's why I knew where that place was. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that was it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Sisters, I. I, words? Um, I don't know if I've been puked on. I'm trying to think. I know that I have puked on people and I feel really bad about yeah. it, but it also, it's only, it's always been someone I really care about. So it's <laughs> almost like And you do it in a very charming thing. way. Yeah. It's like a, it's, it's like a, like how dogs sneeze on you if yeah. they like you. You feel comfortable yeah, with that so person. Like, <laughs> so you throw up on them. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a sign. It's a gesture of affection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, taking it to the next step. You know, I was thinking about puke in schools myself <laughs> as a result of this. Yes, go on. Uh, uh, in kindergarten, there was a, a water fountain, and a kid puked all over it <laughs> and never used it again. Yeah. I could never not to. think of that water fountain as not having puke all over it. So Everything I was a thirsty youngster many a day. And I feel like in schools, like <laughs> they would use like really shitty, like that, like powdery soap yeah. or something well, to clean it. Well, even the paper towels, like, like don't Oof. do anything. They Oof. rip the second you like scrub. Fucking schools. What a fucking bullshit place. <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, so here's my, here's my parting shot. We were talking before about uh, enchantment, disenchantment. Dragons. Dragons, do they exist? Which made me think, is there such a thing as miracles? Like, I'm sure when that happened, people, before that, if anything happened, people would be like, oh my God, it's a miracle. Right. You know, oh, the the stream that dried up, now there's water in it again. They didn't realize it was just like seasonal. They were like, right. oh, it's a miracle, you know? But then once science started to happen, people were like, no, there's actually, you know, weather patterns but around the globe. I want to tell you, miracles are real. They oh. happen. Um, because, and I'm going to tie that into what we were talking about with schools and breaking up fights. Fighting was such an issue for the first school I taught at and the second one to a certain extent, but especially at the first one, um, kids would just get into vicious, vicious fights. And the way I would break them up in my in my classroom, because my classroom was sort of out of the way of everybody. And the way I would break them up is if it was two boys fighting, I would just grab both of them and squeeze them as hard as I could until they couldn't breathe anymore. And then they would be like, all right, Conroy. Yeah, yeah. I squeeze them together. Whoa. Yeah. You're like, that was not an option for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, you know, I'm, I'm bigger than people. <laughs> I mean, some of them were big, big kids, but I was, I was bigger. bigger. Yeah. That's uh, insane. Yeah, it was crazy. Like but, and, and then they would just go sit down and go back to, like, there was no question of, like, disciplining them for stuff like that, right. you know? And they would go, all right, Conroy, all right, all right, all right. And then they would sit down and be fine after that. Uh, girls were harder because girls get their hands entangled in each other's hair, and right. then you have to like go well, finger also, by finger teacher, and get them you off. You can't really like have close contact with. No, girl. so that's this is the point I'm going to make is that I took my class, one of my classes, I took on a trip to a business. They were going to go, you know, learn about this business. <laughs> what business? I don't remember. I, let's say it was IBM. It was like an IBM office. Uh, <laughs> But from Harlem down to 57th Street. And the business was like on... Also, that e sounds like a nightmare. The east side. Oh, taking them on the subway was just <laughs> a nightmare, you know? Because you got 30 kids <laughs> taking up the entire subway car, and they're free to do whatever yeah, they want. Yeah, like cartwheeling. And, and you're at the other end of the car going, guys, please, come on. There's yeah. regular people here. Please, <laughs> stop, you know? Um so I took my kids and we're walking across 59th Street. So coming from sort of the Upper West Side down to the East Side, walking across 59th Street and two kids get in a fight on the street, a boy and a girl, fist fight, vicious fight, George Prelo and the girl's name was Sharon. And I didn't know what to do. I did not know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because I can't grab these two kids and squeeze them together because one of them's a girl and like, what are people going to think of, you know? Right. So I, I get in the middle of them. I'm like, stop fighting. George immediately calms down. George was cool. He was like, all right, Conrad, I'm cool. Sharon will not stop. She's trying to get past me. She's 
throwing fists, you know, she's just going crazy. So at this point I am, I have my arms around her. I'm like, you have to stop. You must stop. She won't stop. She's writhing. She's trying to get away from me. People are walking by. They're like, what the fuck is going on here? There's a guy attacking a 13-year-old girl who's trying to get away from him. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, what am I? But if I let her go, she's going to fucking attack this kid. All of a sudden, we hear this weird sound. Oh, yeah. I forgot that I know a clue of what's going to happen. We hear this weird sound, and we kind of, everybody's, and a white, horse a giant white horse with no rider no bridle no saddle comes up 7th <laughs> avenue runs runs across 59th street and just disappears over to the west side like just, just out fucking- of nowhere a, a fucking horse runs by in New York City, in the middle of the street. <laughs> the just, fact that it was white, too. Because yeah. there are those, like, shitty, like, um, uh, Central Park yeah. horses. I'm but, sure it was one of those Central Park horses. I feel like horses. I never saw a white one in all but the it just run And there. it just disappears over to the west side, which is where the stables are for all those horses. Disappears down there. And we're all, Sharon, <laughs> myself, George, everybody, we're just standing there, mouths agape. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> And then we just like, all right, let's keep going. We'll go to our thing. And everybody was fine after that. Thank and God that was that a horse. fucking miracle. Yeah. That is a miracle. And if you wrote that in a movie, you'd be like. That's unbelievable. That never, that would yeah. never, ever happen. You know, it's like, oh, oh, that's the, the white horse is the metaphor for the teacher who's white, who's in with the, you know, what a crock of shit that screenwriter put together. But, uh, but it really happened. And it was, I was like, oh. From the gods of Lisa Frank. Mm-hmm. Miracles <laughs> exist. Um, all right, Joe, parting shot. Well, that your story reminds me of I did a field trip my third year. After that horrible year, the second year, I decided that I needed to try and like build in things that the kids could get excited about. And they really wanted to go on a field trip. Other classes were able to go on field trips, and the special ed classes never got to go. So as a part of the history unit we were doing that year, I was going to take them to the Lower East Side, to Mott Street, to the Tenement Museum, uh, to, to visit the old like historical tenement apartment. So we went down there. It was the same terrifying thing on the subway. <laughs> and I had to, I had a bulletin board outside my classroom, just like every other classroom. We had to put work up out there. And it was always a challenge because their work was so right. low functioning that even they would be embarrassed. Like they right. wouldn't want their writing to go out there because right. they knew it was like on such a low level. But they were going to write about this experience. So part of the deal was we took the subway down there and they were going to miss lunch. So they were bringing money and there was a McDonald's near these tenement apartments. And I'm sure that's what they were really excited about. Every one of them, <laughs> their writing was like, we went to the tenement museum. It was all right. Then we went to McDonald's. <laughs> Shaquan got two Quarter pounders, like they were just (laughs) writing about, but they weren't noticing like either like interesting things. Like I cannot believe Shaquan ate so much, and 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 one of them was like, "Mr. Wenger got McDonald's." Like they thought I was gonna like take out a yogurt and some carrot sticks or something, and that was the bulletin board. And my principal was like, "I'm glad you got him to write, but it was like a McDonald's sponsored ad in the middle of the school." (laughs) I love that so much. That's funny. I, I one thing about the subway, like taking the kids on the subway, it was terrifying, but it also didn't like it didn't help their behavior that 
I did kind of think it was funny the way they fucked around on the subway. Like I would be, <laughs> I'd be like kind of laughing because right. people were scared of them. But then at the same time, I'd be like, guys, come on, you know, and they I, knew they knew I got a kick out of it. Right. So, you know, I felt like it was one of the few times in my whole uh, in my years of living in New York that I got sympathy from people on the subway because when they figured out the situation, they were like, this guy is Good not Lord, this, is, this guy's having a tough day. <laughs> Uh, all right. Did you have anyone else with you for the field trip? Yeah, I mean my aide. Okay, but that's still. I always had like uh, 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 AIDS. uh, (laughs) I've always had AIDS. Um, I always had like kind of like a tough, cooler, young dude aide, and Uh I always felt like that really helped. Yeah, keep them in check. You know, the 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 aides in the school that I the, the special ed aides in the school that I taught at were always like portly elderly women mm-hmm. which just felt like what are they absolutely do? useless yeah. yeah you know like they just couldn't they couldn't even get up much less get involved. <laughs> there were some years where i had older women um like elderly women but i felt like the kids wouldn't want to like it, it was the disrespect. same sort of thing yeah, yeah they had respect for them so i lucked out with my age uh jamie parting shots you know you look dazed i'm not dazed but i have so much stuff going on in my brain but I was thinking about McDonald's because of Joe's story, and um, I had this memory at one point when I was like 16 or maybe 15. I don't think I drove yet. But my parents had me join this Jewish youth organization called AZA, I think it was called. What did that stand for? American... American Zionist maybe. Association? <laughs> That's My parents met through AZA and whatever the oh, women's really? thing is, like in the 60s. And that was like how I think Jewish kids in the Valley met back then but it didn't have the same prestige for my generation one of the ways one of the ways they met one of the many yeah didn't have j-date this was pre-j-date um aza by the way is where eze got his name from (laughs) he was at that first meeting (laughs) jesus rest in peace look at that fingers what happened i think i just ripped a fucking cuticle (gasps) i hate it keep going jamie (laughs) play through the injury But I remember... Um, Shake it off. I only went to one meeting for AZA. And it was like, we were hanging out with the older kids, like me and two, two of my friends. And this was... I was like, The older kids? You just said you were like 16. Well, then they, that was probably 15 and they were like 16, 17. Okay. They could drive. We could not drive. Gotcha. And I think I was starting to get into my more gangstery kind of phase. And we, we thought we were cooler than the, some of these dorky... 7-Eleven crew? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, but we went to McDonald's. We were going to go ice blocking where you they guess like sit on bags of ice and go down hills. <laughs> That's fucking gangster, man. Or maybe blocks of ice. <laughs> that is some gangster shit. Bags of ice. <laughs> Guys, I don't think we're doing this right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not bags of ice. My bag is just melting on my balls. Just rip it open and then there's ice everywhere. It's a block of ice. It's a block of ice. <laughs> we're going to go ice bagging. <laughs> that is a funny visual. <laughs> Uh, this AZA is not fun. <laughs> we went to McDonald's and they were having like a who could eat the most whatever contest. At McDonald's? At McDonald's. They were having it amongst themselves. Yeah, like Saturday not night. Like, like sponsored by McDonald's. No, 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 no. Uh, sanctioned by the uh, AZA. It was unofficial. Association, yes. <laughs> unofficial. And this, do you ever see the show uh, Hey Dude? Mm-hmm. No. Remember, so there's someone named um, Donkey? Or no, I'm thinking of uh, Salute Your Shorts. Yeah. Donkey Lips. Yeah. It might have been Donkey Lips. The guy that played Donkey Lips? <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking the lost inspiration right now. for the character. I have no idea Donkey what you're Lips. talking about. It was, it was a guy that either looked like him or maybe it was him. 
Good specifics. Go but, uh, on. <laughs> Thank you. This may or may not have actually happened, by the way. This might have just been I'll an episode of Salute Your Shorts. <laughs> this actually this, wasn't. In the 1300s, 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, this may or may not have happened. I didn't have Nickelodeon as a kid. It's Nickelodeon. It was Nickelodeon. Right? So I don't know. And actually, the, red, the redhead kid that was on Different Strokes, Oh, Danny, who I went to you're elementary school with, he, was, yeah. he played one of the counselors, I think, on the show. Mm-hmm. This is great. Anyway, I think I had like three <laughs> Folks, go on IMDb and you can figure all, all this out. <laughs> but the donkey lips character ate a lot of hamburgers. Um, <laughs> are you... Is that the end of the story? <laughs> it was not. I'm looking at a picture of donkey lips, courtesy of Alex. That was not him. Uh, <laughs> it was not him. <laughs> there were shades of By the way, folks, lips. if you could see this show, you would be impressed at how quickly Alex was able to call up a picture of donkey lips... Jamie, what the? <laughs> I'm going to say shades of donkey lips. Here's okay. a story about a time that <laughs> we didn't go ice blocking and someone else ate a lot of food. A guy who looks like somebody ate a lot of food. <laughs> it may or may not have been someone specific. <laughs> no, what else happened, Jamie? I don't think we ended up doing the ice thing. Good. Um, Check that. Let me cross that off the list. No ice blocking. <laughs> What else did you not do? <laughs> we didn't take fencing lessons. This is true. We didn't get our hair cut. How come no. we didn't go back to a second meeting? Too much McDonald's? Yeah, I don't think they just uh, effectively convinced me that that was the way I wanted to spend my time. Yo, homie, what do you say we don't go back to AZA? <laughs> no is what I might have said. <laughs> <laughs> That was a weird gangster, Carson. <laughs> yeah, that was your gangster, Carson. Um, what else? Anyone been to Peru? <laughs> no. No? No, but by all means, go on. I wrote that down last night when I was like kind of preparing for this episode. What did you write? Just, Just Peru. Peru. Well, then, did, are you thinking about visiting Peru? Oh, yeah, help me find vacation. And then parting shot. This actually worked out perfectly. Um, I want to leave the country. I don't know if it's, I'm trying to escape or if I just need a vacation. I'm very cognizant of the fact that I like to run away from problems as they mount and things become... But I think vacations are important. No, Even I agree. if you aren't hating your job. Well, it has nothing to do with the job, but um, I'm also trying to be cognizant like all the happiness is within me. I'm trying to be a peaceful oh, warrior. Um, I, a I, peaceful warrior? What does that mean? I get it. The Peaceful Warrior is the first like hippie book I, I read that opened me and exposed me to the idea of Buddhist things. And I reread it in this last week, and it's really cheesy. <laughs> like, really, really cheesy. But I can see why when I was 21, like I, I finished the book and rode my bike to my friend's house and was like, I get it now. We're all the happiness is inside of us. We just need so to... you've been this tortured for a long time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Has anyone been to Peru? <laughs> but, I'm trying to be the tallest short person. And the shortest tall person. <laughs> so I recognize that all the happiness is inside of me, and it, like it's inside of all of us, and we can just shine our lights, and I don't need to search. But I still do kind of want to meet like a, a shaman or, or a, <laughs> some sort of mystical warrior character that will kind of help guide me. And I feel Peru might be one of a I feel few like places. There's a ton of those dudes there, right? <laughs> so I don't know if any of you guys have any hookups. Like every corner. <laughs> Or Bienvenido <laughs> a Peru, Señor Flam. We have been waiting for you. There is a line of men over there who are mystical shamans and warriors. 
please feel free to choose one to guide you. <laughs> Some of them are real characters. Watch out. <laughs> so anyway, I was looking at Mexico City last night as well, and that seems like I might get murdered there. That was the vibe I was getting. was like, I'm going to get murdered there. Why did you pick Mexico City? And why did you pick Peru? And why didn't you think of other places? I thought of a lot of... I went to Expedia. You could go anywhere. I was thinking about Asia for the dragons, but then I'm like... I know. <laughs> One ticket to Asia, please. <laughs> they just they just drop him out of the plane. Good luck. <laughs> Asia's like so many parts of it are so uh, you know um industri- what? industrialized. Industrialized. <laughs> Like I feel like I would at get least there. before Amber was the one who stumped you. That time you stumped yourself <laughs> mid sentence. No, because I look up Asia and then there's like all these big buildings. <laughs> I don't want to go to like Shanghai and like there's like a bunch of buildings. I want like Amber the... has left the table. <laughs> buildings in Asia. <laughs> well, I mean like uh, skyscrapers. Sure, there's I no want... mysticism. That's gonna happen. I want to find like the it's everywhere. The like the thatched thatched hut kind of thatched situation. Thatched hutch it. You know what I'm saying? Like where like there's some like guy with You want to go to the thatched hut part of Asia. Yes. <laughs> where there's a guy in one of those thatched huts that's gonna take me on a vision quest where I can really see that the happiness is inside of me. Bienvenido a Asia, Senor Flam. <laughs> so if anyone where aren't there buildings? Thatched <laughs> <laughs> hut mysticism, happiness within. <laughs> No results. Well, the reason the reason I chose your search returned no results. Please stop. Stop searching. The happiness is within. Oh, snap! Machu Picchu. I think that's there. And I read the Celestine prophecy fifteen years ago too, and I feel like that's a part of it. A part of what? Oh, the, the book, The Celestine oh. Prophecy, which I'm not like, I don't ascribe to The Celestine Prophecy because I don't even remember what it's about. Were you just sighing with disgust at your own, what you were saying? No. Okay. I'm very much into it. I feel like I'm you saying. got bored in the middle of what Can you were talking about. go to Peru, please? That would if be... we could do a live episode from Machu Picchu. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm in. Is there any reason we couldn't? <laughs> Money, <Leo>. time, <laughs> familial <laughs> obligations. <laughs> What's your familial obligation? Techno- technology. <laughs> What's that? We don't have any familial obligations. My wife is having a baby. <laughs> That's a you should have checked in. Game changer us. for our podcast. I had a good rap. Uh, all right, folks. Joe Wangert, thank you wait, so wait, much wait, for wait. being here. What? Joe. Yeah. Oh, God. Would you like to um, share any words of wisdom? Uh, any Where sort of. I feel like I gave him an hour to I do know, this. I know. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you have any uh, nugget of wisdom that you live by that perhaps you could share with us today? Are you a peaceful warrior? You know what? I was listening to episodes of the podcast and I've heard you talking about meditation mm. and I have gotten into that in the past year and uh, I feel like that has helped me a lot. A lot of just like sort of stopping, um, you know, if I'm feeling like angry or I do a lot of like beating myself up. Mm-hmm. So... Just sort of, I guess, if anything, that's the thing I've been doing lately is just trying to like stop and look at the big picture when I go into that stuff. So that works nice. for me when I remember to do it, that's which it. is not often. <laughs> Let me ask you this. And it goes back to my checking in. Like last night. I, your nail. Oh, <laughs> just bleeding. I thought I had sucked all the blood out. Um, but last night I leave. Did you have to smack your lips like that? <laughs> that Take easy. it easy, donkey lips. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, but you know, I left work and I was trying to be, you know, be in the moment, recognize that some of the things that I was having issues with, like, uh, I, I can't you really. You stumped yourself again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say the right words. I'm getting in my head, but, um, I can't blame anyone. And like, it is what it is. This person wasn't, there was nothing personal about what was going on. They were in their own world. Everyone was in their own world, but then it didn't make me any less mad. You know, like I, I was still like, it's still hard to like transcend that moment and not be angry. Well, the, the biggest thing for me, and this was more from like therapy than like meditation stuff is just like allowing yourself to be mad and really feeling that anger for an appropriate amount of time and then letting go of it is, is, has helped me a ton. Like I got advice about a year ago that was just like, just remember that like you have the ability to like, if you're feeling sad about something to just try and make yourself feel better about it or just think about something that makes you happy. And I was like, what a crock of shit actually works (laughs) for me, you know? So me too. (laughs) Sometimes the answer is within, (laughs) but sometimes the question is without. And I agree. Welcome to Peru. (laughs) Welcome to Peru. (laughs) No, you're, you're right. And it does work sometimes. It's just, yeah, man. But you're allowed to be mad, I think is what he's saying. Yeah. Right. right. I think we need to go. <laughs> I know. I know I this is the shit. I could talk here. about this for hours. I'm sure you could. And please feel free to do that, but not on this show. <laughs> Folks, Joe Wangert can be seen so October 25th at 5.30 p.m. at the UCB Theater. Tomorrow night, the whatever tomorrow night is, which is when this podcast comes out what? next Wednesday... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be doing my talk show at the Upright oh, Citizens Brigade yes, yes, Theater, yes. the evening hour. My guests will be Jason Manzukis and Dimitri Martin, so not to be missed. Not too shabby. And uh, please give us ratings on iTunes. Feel free to send uh, donations to... Peru money. Yeah, we want to go to Peru and do a live episode from Machu Picchu, <laughs> where, I swear, where I swear our guest will be the we shaman do, of Lima. We do one episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, We will see you next time on The Long Shot. Goodbye. For past and future episodes of The Long Shot Podcast, join us online at thelongshotpodcast and we're a dot com.